Tell me, is that healthy, baby? Did you know? No. That when it snows, my eyes become large, and the light that you shine can be seen. Oh shit. Um. Now that your roses is in bloom, a light hits the gloom. On the grave. Chocolate. Hi, welcome to Undercooked Analysis. Um, this is a special under pie a cooktasis analysis <laughs> yeah. coffee pie cooked analysis pie. And That's the whole wait, name. One more time. <laughs> uh, undercooked a uh, coffee pieness uh, cooked under- under coffee, coffee anal cock. pie. Got, got it. Coffee, coffee cock. Under coffee anal pie. Uh, under coffee anal pie. Yeah. Uh, under coffee anal pie. Hi, welcome to under coffee anal pie. <laughs> um, I, I am. Uh, we are in a. We are sitting in a pickup truck. Yeah, we are. Uh, with a with a laptop in in the in the middle of the console. It's okay. We threw up some acoustic panels. It's true. <laughs> that is a thing that happened. And sure. you can't prove it's not. Yeah, you're not here. They were very expensive. There's adhesive all over the truck. And me and the coffee and pie crew are, are camping. Hey, hot set raw. Um, Pitching tents. And we figured what what a perfect opportunity so. to tell some campfire stories. There's also a roaring campfire in this truck. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, you guys, getting home might be a problem now. Yeah. So. Right. You know what else is, in here. Yeah. Right here. In you know what earth. else might be a problem? Uh, breathing. Breathing may also. Oh yeah, because all be the windows problem. are up. There's a fire in here. Yeah. I think acoustic there, paneling is you, very can flammable. Can you maybe open this? I could. Let's do it. Are you cool if I turn on the truck to open the top window? Yeah. Turn it on the truck. Oh, fuck to it. Turn on, fuck <laughs> it. 
Turn on the truck and fuck it. There ain't no rules in under coffee anal pie. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah. Uh, sweet, sweet openings. Okay. Sweet openings. Okay. Um, so, no, we figured, uh, since, since we're camping... Uh, yep. Just turn it off. Sounds of camping. <laughs> <laughs> Glamp- glamping. That's what we're. Glamp- we're glamping. Glamping. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, but before I get into that, uh, please allow us to reintroduce ourselves. Um, starting with the individual to my left, because he is first. Yep. And I'm in a driver's seat. So my name is Sean, and I am 30 years old. <coughs> I like long walks on the beach, but not too long. Maybe a 30-minute walk would be fine, but 45 might be a little too much. Mm. Uh, I have a cup of. Piping, not piping, but hot enough coffee to get my brain running. It's piping. Warm. We've discussed this on Undercooked Analysis before. That's one of those expressions that I, for some reason, find disgusting. Piping hot? Piping hot. Yeah. <laughs> what? Like, what? where did piping come from? Oh, it's, it's like it's piping hot. Like a, like a tea kettle. Okay. Because <laughs> piping like an organ is. Yeah. Beep. Yeah. That's not a pipe. That's not a... <laughs> no, that, that's, a, that's an answering machine. Fun fact. <laughs> Leave your message at the beep. <laughs> Leave your message after the piping hot beep. <laughs> gross. <laughs> that is, that is How did you gross. make that gross? I used, <laughs> it wasn't used, gross to me until right now. I used to play bass for piping hot beep. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's go behind you. Who's, oh. who's behind me? Who's uh, in my personal space? Well, uh, I guess I'm DeMarcus. Uh, you guess? <laughs> I guess. Today. Today. Uh, that's who we're settling on. Um, I, I guess we're telling t- t- our age because that's what Sean did. I, I'm sorry. Um, I just, I, that's the person that popped in my head. 31. So you do whatever you'd like. Uh, and um, I like to have chocolate poured on me. Um, uh, no. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm... You know, a guy who likes looking at the world, asking it to love me. Uh, you know, give me all you want. Give me your money. Give me your time. Give me all your chocolate. And your prayers. <laughs> give me your money. Give me your money. Okay. I'm black. Have it. Give me your tired, <laughs> your poor, and all of your money. <laughs> Sorry. Um, we might be awful people. Yeah. <laughs> give me all your money. Hey, guy behind me, introduce yourself. I am of adequate girth. Um, <laughs> almost eight. <laughs> my my name is my name is Brad, and are we doing age or length? Um, yes. Okay. So I am thirty-two. <laughs> um, and if you know your if you know your uh, units, that is years. Um, <laughs> and. Uh, are we saying stuff about us now? Is this part? Is this part of it now? Sure. Okay. We're on a different podcast. Um. <laughs> sure. Uh, I love cooking. I make decorative soaps, and uh, <laughs> you didn't know that, did you? Yeah. Yeah. And I've learned uh, something today. And uh, I dress up like a Viking and sing in a comedy show. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. At least once a year. You know, it's weird that. We've been friends for so long, and dressing up as a Viking and singing in a barbarian show is not the weird thing. But making soap, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. making soap you, was like the what the hell? So, yeah. so. I haven't in a while. Mm. It's been about uh, about a year. Oh, there's a 
There's there's some people screaming on a bullhorn outside. Yep. They probably can't hear this in the audio. But... Oh, we can. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, also, they're probably, like, screaming for us because of this roaring fire in this truck that's yeah. definitely on fire right now, so. Yeah. And we're so calm and collective. Yeah. Collective? And I am your yeah. host. Uh, your my name is Alan. Hi, Alan. Hey, Alan. Alan. Listeners of this show know who I am. Um, but we are introducing ourselves, so, uh... I am I am 32 years of age, <laughs> and uh, recently, very recently. Yeah. Uh, and Mazel tov. Uh, thank thank you. <laughs> I also had my breasts. Um, are you okay? Sorry, I thought he said breasts. <laughs> <laughs> I think I need to get my ears cleaned. My, my, my breasts came in <laughs> yeah. on my 32nd birthday. It, it's a big deal. I, I thought that's uh, Amazon delivered next little, day. What's a little fact? about me um a fact about me i'm weirded out how much like when you go to a porn site <laughs> let's just start off right here like right, how right. much how much of the front page is incest <laughs> yeah oh no no no. step incest yeah yeah it's like yeah. you know Still. Step, step brothers and yeah. here's a weird thing step like mothers. i have a theory I have a theory. Okay, uh, but my I'm question sorry, is like, yes, there is a lot of like incest stuff, but it's one of, also one of those like, how long has it been since your parent and step parent got married, or like, you know, is this right after the wedding? Is this before the wedding? Like, that's, yeah, okay, that's my weird. That's a weird I'm, distinction for me, because for me, like, <laughs> no, because for me, like. My parents divorced. My stepmom does not have a daughter. But if she did, and she was very attractive, and if something happened, then it's like, do we do it after they get married? Do we do it before they get married? Do we do it like... <laughs> it's a weird... Like, when you have a step-parent, you'll understand. I, I think... Not that I, I know much about the plots of these movies, <laughs> but I think the implication is not that. Yeah. Uh, however, I do have a theory on this, and I actually, I, I was talking about this the other day. Uh, my theory is that that is catering to people who grew up either with no siblings or with siblings only of their same gender. Or their same, uh, like, their opposite of their sexual preference. I can see that, yeah. Specifically. Mm -hmm. So, like... Um, yeah, like, a guy that grew up without any sisters might have that fantasy of, like, man, I wish I had a sister. But even even though if you did grow up with a sister, all those people are like, no, that's that's gross. Like, yeah. I've known this person my entire life. Or, yeah. or in step-siblings, like, I've known this person mm -hmm. a very long time since I was a child. And, yep. and See, a lot of those, like, it's weird because, like, they all, they all seem like they know have known each other for a while. And then they're just like, ha, 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 my dick is oh, in this. Oh, we're, we're family now. Let's put our naughty parts in each other. My dick is in this uh, in this thing. Oh, it's accidentally in you now. Ha, ha. Ac <laughs> wait, 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 hold yeah, on. I haven't seen those. Wait, I've seen it was very, in a thing I mean, and then it was in you? What's yeah, the first it was, thing? It was like a pumpkin. Yeah, I was, I was accidentally <laughs> fucking this custard cream pie. Yeah. And then you showed up, and I was like, you know what? You're Something more, like you're, you're more, you know, clean oh, yeah, than this pie. Different. I was like, so. hey, stepsis, do you like custard cream pies? <laughs> and then, yeah, and she's like, oh, well, I guess, you know, I see you, your penis now, so well, it's time Hey, to... stepsister, <laughs> please don't tell the mister <laughs> about the things we do. So oh, does, God. is this how every UA goes? Is yes. Like starting no, off I, with, yes. like, step-sibling porn? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, yes. Um, <laughs> um, and we figured, we, we figured, since we're camping, 
um, we could use this opportunity to come up with and tell some 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 campfire stories. Okay. Are so we, uh, we doing it as like a collective unit, or yeah. I, I should I should have asked. This is UA, right? Not Midnight Marinara. Uh, it's UCA. Oh, undercooked analysis. Hmm. Yeah. So it's three words. Mid- Midnight Marinara yes. is is the uh, pre-written uh, radio play stuff. Got it. Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what's the Latin one? Um, that that's that's my that's my personal channel. That's great. There's so many interconnected podcasts here. Mm-hmm. You guys have content to listen to for days. Right. Um. So campfire stories. <clears throat> yeah. Stories told around the campfire. Mandor car hook. Mandor hand hook car door. Said, <laughs> <laughs> so "We're my baby." <laughs> and I looked out. Mandor hand cook car hook. Sweaty. I, said, <laughs> I love you, sweaty. I love you, sweaty. <laughs> uh, there's so many great campfire stories. Yeah. Hold on. Sean is awkwardly chuckling. Sean, do you what? Know- what? Hi. Hello. Do you know the the Mandor handhook handhook? Yes, I do know Mandor handhook car door story. Yes. Okay. Just making sure. Okay. Um. So, uh, what kind of what kind of story? Anyone want to go first? Or? Okay. I, I got I got a fast one. I probably do. All right. You guys ever hear about the four against a thousand? No. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wait. So four. So there were four friends, and they were about to go into a battle. Right, just four against a thousand. Mm-hmm. All right, so they go, they're at their home and they say, all right, we're about to do the four against a thousand battle. Honey, I love you. You know, make sure the kids are taken care of. Make sure everyone's safe. <coughs> we'll take care of this. No, because it's four against a thousand. So, you know, then they go to their blacksmith and like, all right, we need the best swords that you can come up with. I- I'm using blacksmith because I'm playing Witcher 3 right now and that game's amazing, so... Blacksmith is like, all right, what do you guys need? We need your finest swords with the strongest materials. They need to be as sharp as possible because we're about to have a battle. It's just going to be four against a thousand. And he goes, oh, my God, okay. So he gets he gets the swords, gets it to him. It's like, all right, how is these? These are great. This will be useful. They go to their armor and do the same thing. They get the best armor. They get the best supplies. They are prepared. So the battle of four against a thousand finally shows up. And this battle is long, and this battle is tough, and this battle and strong, is strong, and down to get the friction on. <laughs> <laughs> so, ladies, yeah, yeah. ladies, yeah. you want to ride in my Honda Ridgeline? No, sure. We're already in here. <laughs> We're already in here. Okay. <laughs> so, battle lasts for weeks and weeks and weeks. So many deaths. So many people just gone. And then finally, at the end, you know the. Uh, in the four against a thousand battle, the four men who were around each other, they won, which was great. And uh, I'll use our names because that'll make us into the story. I mean, we are four. I look up, I look up at my friends and I go, Alan, Brad, Demarcus, those were four of the toughest bastards I ever fought in my life. The end. Oh, so they didn't win. <laughs> the, four, the four dudes... It was it was a thousand. Yes, we the four dudes were a part of the thousand team. That's the joke. Uh, cool. That's a fast story. Thanks, Mister Fenschult uh, from Boy Scouts Troop Three Fifteen, Olathe, Kansas. What? It's a good it's a good story. 
I guess I should have specified that this is a horror podcast. Oh, okay. Well, then. And then there was a hook on the car door. Oh, no. <laughs> All right. Jesus Christ. Well, this is uh, it's not, a, it's not right. a story, but it's, a, it's a, Saved. It is a... It's, a, it's, it's like a... Kind of like a, a, a jokish horror... Uh, horror... <laughs> A jokish horror. Um, those two guys, they were uh, going camping. And they got to the top of a mountain. You know, one guy decided he wanted to chill out and, you know, have a little have a little time with himself. The other guy went off. He was like, all right, I'm going to explore. And yeah, yeah. And, um, and yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And... Um, That's how you say grandpa and kid. A couple, couple hours later, yeah, the, the guy comes crawling back. He's like exhausted and he's like, ha, ha. <laughs> just like that. Uh, <laughs> 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 and um, he's like, oh man, are you okay? What's going on? Uh, um, he was like, oh man, I found this uh, damsel, damsel on the. On the <clears throat> On the train time. Time out. Time out. <laughs> God damn it. We're, we're, we're coming up with campfire stories. Yeah. I was gonna, it was going to be a horror. It was, was going yeah. to get us into this it. This is a well-known joke. Well, fuck. <laughs> everybody. <laughs> no, I love everybody. Okay, well. Uh, my penis got cut off. And, Are you Okay. Uh, that's okay. Horrible. <laughs> okay, I think I think I can I think I can do it. Go for it. I can I can save this. Okay. This is actually a a personal story uh, from my own history. Does that work? Yeah. As long as it's scary. That would be great. Okay. <clears throat> so, uh, when I was a young boy, my father took me into the city to see a marching band. I think Alan knows this one. Does he know this? He said, D. Son, when you grow up, ah. uh, can you be the savior of the people? The the the, the beaten, the, the broken, and the damned. Because uh, one day I'll, I'll leave you a, a phantom to uh, night time. <laughs> oh, you know what I just realized? This is uh, this is the lyrics to Black Parade. <laughs> That's what I, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I got I got my own life confused with uh, Black Parade. <laughs> um, I'm sorry that happens sometimes. It does. It does. Uh, d- does it have to be an original story? Because I do have a. It does have it. Um, One that not everybody knows. It. It has to be an original story. Oh. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Okay. Okay. Break that one. Do I? Do you? I, I mean, all right. All right. Yes, I have one. Um, there was a man uh, who uh, was named uh, Fletcher. And uh, this is a historical story. Is that all right? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, Fletcher was, uh, uh, a young teenager 
in England uh, around the mid-1800s. And uh, he didn't grow up with a whole lot. And so very early in his life, he got arrested for petty crimes uh, and shipped off to Van Diemen's Land in Australia. And uh, if you don't know anything about that time period, uh, Australia, parts of Australia were a penal colony for, for England. And uh, they, they had this place called Van Diemen's Land, which uh, it was, that was part of the, the penal colony. So he got, he got shipped over, over there. And they, they used to take these uh, inmates and felons and whatnot and have them do like hard labor. Uh, and join like the the local uh, militia and, and stuff like that. So uh, he he was in Van Diemen's Land. He did his he did his hard labor. He did his time, and he got recruited to be um, part of an expedition um, to uh, quell some of the indigenous population of Australia uh, in exchange for. Uh, a commuted sentence and so he uh, joined this trek and they 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 walked so long through the Australian outback that most of the actual military and the mercenaries and the hired guns um, abandoned the the mission before they had completed it they they kind of took their money and ran because it was so long of a journey and so dangerous through the through the Australian bush um, and at one point, uh, Fletcher actually was promoted, uh, which doesn't really happen, but so few of the original, uh, kind of party remained that they kind of brought him on into the military and made him a colonel. And, uh, after that he became, uh, sort of hired gun and he moved to South Africa and there was a legend at the time uh, because there was a lot of uh, sort of like contention over that region the English were there the Dutch were there um, w both with settlements and then also the native populations were in South Africa and uh, he uh, kind of set up shop and he was living his life, kind of scraping by, but it, it was very cheap to live there at the time. Um, and so he would, he would serve as like a mercenary. Um, people needed to collect debts or take over, you know, ships that had been themselves taken over by pirates or whatnot. He would kind of get his gold and go do the dirty deed and, and what have you. Well, this, uh, this English gentleman, an older fellow, uh, came down with a party and uh, he explained to Fletcher that there was, this, uh, there was this legend that there was a treasure in the jungle to the north, north, that, like an unexplored area. And he needed someone that was relatively familiar with the land uh, to serve as a guide. And this was not really the kind of thing Fletcher had done before, but he was familiar enough with the area, so he decided, okay, I'll, I'll give this a shot. And uh, the old man, whose name was Mahoney, uh, Mahoney 
had his own kind of crew that came with them. They made it out of the English-held uh, Cape Town and into the, uh, the Orange Country, which was held by the Dutch. And uh, I, I believe they called it Orange Free State at that time. And they moved into the unexplored territories um, of South Africa. And this whole time, Mahoney's kind of keeping his cards close to his chest. Um, and he doesn't really say what the treasure is, but he's dead set on finding this treasure. Uh, one night, they're sitting around a campfire, and uh, Fletcher notices this glint on Mahoney's side and asks Mahoney, you know, what is, what is that? And Mahoney kind of pushes his jacket aside, and he has a revolver. And he said, uh, where we're going, we might need this. And uh, Fletcher says, okay, yeah, that's, that's a really nice weapon. I haven't seen one that pristine and well-polished and, you know, fancy-looking in a long while. And uh, Mahoney lets him, like, hold it and... You know, it's got heft to it. It's a, it's a nice weapon. And so uh, Fletcher hands it back over. They, they finish their, uh, their time around the campfire, and that's, that's it for the evening. They continue north the next day, and they keep pressing into the jungle. Um, at one point, they, it's, it's late at night, and Fletcher hears something kind of just on the outskirts of the campgrounds. And... He wakes up, and he's trying to keep his eye on it, just in case it is some of the native population, if it's marauders, if it's another uh, explorer party. You know, he's, he's trying to kind of keep quiet. And uh, these jungle cats kind of charge into the clearing, and Fletcher screams for everyone to, to get up, and uh, the party sort of, like, gets up, and, and uh, Mahoney's there. He pulls out his gun. He shoots two of the jungle cats square, right, right between the eyes, drops both of them. And, uh, you know, after 15 minutes or so, the, the scrap is done, but the damage is done, too. Um, a significant number of the party had been grievously wounded or straight-up killed. Um, a lot of these big cats, they'll, they'll go for neck bites. And so it's like the, the strength... Instant death, yeah. yeah, instant death. It'll snap your neck. Yeah. And so Fletcher explains that he's never seen the animals act this way before. Um, so there must be you know, like some condition here that's causing this. Maybe it's a drought in this area. Maybe it's, you know, uh, the, the water supply has gone foul, but something should be causing this, and he's not quite sure what. Mahoney is convinced that their path is cursed. Mm -hmm. And Fletcher thinks this is ridiculous. There's no such thing as curses. We're not cursed. It's... There's an environmental factor, for sure. So he uh, he goes back to sleep, kind of. He's stirring all night, but the next day they push northward. They keep going northward. And at one point, as they're going through the jungle, 
um, they get lost. And there's a, a moment where Fletcher doesn't think he's going to be able to make it out of the jungle at all. The, the greenery has become so dense and it's so difficult to push your way through all of this this area that that he he doesn't know it, it's so everything so familiar he doesn't even feel like he can backtrack and uh the crew says that they're gonna split up and look for an exit fletcher says this is a terrible idea we should stick together and we should just all go in one direction but the crew won't listen to him they say you know they're convinced if, if they split up they can find the exit um, well, Mahoney sticks with Fletcher, and a few other men stay with him, too. And Fletcher does eventually find the edge of the jungle, but try as they might, they, they stayed at the edge of the jungle for three days and were constantly calling for the party, but dared not, <coughs> dared not venture back inside for fear that they would get lost again, and the party never showed up. So now it's down to Fletcher, Mahoney, and just a few other men. They continue pushing northward at Mahoney's suggestion, and uh, eventually they get to a, uh, a stream, and they need to stop and, and get water. And uh, they all fill their cups and, and drink the water, and they don't think anything of it, and they continue northward, but halfway there, um, the, the remaining men in the party um, fall out. Uh, they get grievously ill and can't continue. And they're, they're vomiting and they're retching blood. And, um, you know, Fletcher explains, like, it would be nice to try and keep them with us. But at this point, they could be contagious, and that just risks all of our own safety. And Mahoney agrees, and they continue on. Mahoney uh, leads them further northward, and uh, they find a, uh, a native settlement. And while they're there, they're, they're sort of accepted... Um, this population hadn't really had much interaction um, with uh, white men, um, and so they were they were welcoming and they <clears throat> offered um, food and, and drink, goat's milk and, and various meats and whatnot, and um, they both sort of partook and then they they waited there in the evening. Um, and they thought that they were going to get a good night's rest, but a neighboring tribe came to raid the village where they were staying, and uh, Mahoney pulled out his revolver and went into the fray to, to sort of help out, and so did Fletcher. Fletcher picked up a sword and was trying to, uh, to assist the village that, that you know, helped him. And uh, Mahoney shot three of the uh, attackers and Fletcher was able to cut back a few of the attackers and uh, unfortunately the attacking village won the battle 
And instead of killing Mahoney and Fletcher, they took them prisoner. And they started leading them back to their, uh, their village. And uh, because this was the night, uh, Fletcher and Mahoney were talking to one another, and Fletcher suggested, we can, we can run away. Like, they're, they're obviously tired, they just fought a battle, we can get out of this. We just have to run as fast as we can. And Mahoney agreed. And while they were being led away, um, they, they made a break for it. And they ran northward. They hit the edge of a lake. They're being chased by these, these warriors. <sighs> they, hit the, uh, they hit the edge of a lake and they start swimming. And they get across to the other side of the lake. It's, it's pitch black. The only thing they can see is moonlight. And they're completely bushed. The, the attacking tribe didn't follow them into the lake. Um, no, no reason that they could discern why, why that happened. But Mahoney and Fletcher get to the other side of the lake. They find a forest and Mahoney kind of looks at one of his, his maps, this document that he's been kind of looking at every once in a while. And he says, I think, I think this is it. I think this is, this is where we find the treasure. And Fletcher says, okay, good. I, you know, this is, this has been a nightmare expedition. And Mahoney goes, okay, we just have to get into the heart of this forest. And uh, they, they go into the forest, they go in through the tree line, and uh, they, uh, they see all sorts of wildlife that they haven't encountered. There's snakes in the trees now, there's uh, monkeys, there's uh, growls in the distance. Growls? Growls and you know, growls. animal animal growls. <clears throat> and uh, eventually they come to a flat stone marker in the middle of the forest in an unexplored area of southern Africa. And Mahoney looks at it. And he says, this is it. And he bends down and he touches the stone. And he says, I've been looking for this for longer than you could possibly imagine. And Fletcher says, okay, just, just hurry up. Do, do what you have to do. Pick it up. Put it in your pack. Mahoney's like, okay, yeah, just give me, give me a minute. Give me a minute to do what I need to do. And uh, Mahoney uh, looks up after a moment and he sees sort of at the edge of this clearing a pair of black eyes shimmering at the edge of the forest 
and Fletcher looks over and he sees the silhouette of something he's never seen before. He looks back to Mahoney and he says, what is that? What have you gotten me into? Mahoney pulls his gun, puts it to his temple and pulls the trigger. The end. What? What'd he get him into? I like it. What was it? Who was it? That's the point. Yeah. Well, who was so, it? So, uh, was it... Was it Mahoney sacrificing... But he, he was like a slave to this thing in, in, the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the in the jungle. And like he was like... He had to bring someone new so he can get out of it. Or is that like... Is that for me to interpret? Or is it, it is. Yes, it is mm-hmm. for you to interpret. Yes. Yeah. No. It could be anything you want it to be. Okay, that's what I think. I choose to believe it's Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> I, I, I don't know why. So, I don't know why Mahoney did that. So, mm-hmm. Alan, did you um, did you recognize any themes in there? Um, we had previously talked about a story like this, hadn't we? We did. So a long time ago, Alan told me that he was going to write this short story and he wanted me to write one to pair with it Mm. and i wrote it and never sent it to him (laughs) (laughs) and i told him like just just so you know i did write this i just never sent it to you (laughs) if anyone knows my revolver series um there there was uh originally i was going to write three stories myself and get three other writers to write the other three but then I just ended up doing all six myself. And, uh, yeah. I, I wanted to do a man versus nature version of the revolver. Yeah. Nice. Okay, so that's paired, paired with his revolver yeah. series. Hey, what were you going to call this? Um, I don't think I titled it. What would you call it? Um, Rumble in the Jungle. Uh, good. Um. Hmm. Um. Give, give it yeah, a, a simple maybe. title that doesn't really give anything away, like "Treasure Hunt" or something mm-hmm. like that. Cool. Yeah. I was gonna say "Long Journey of the Night," but that's not like yeah. Um, trek through or like trek through the jungle or something like that. What's this black spot on this? Man's. I think maybe just the treasure. Yeah, mm-hmm. the treasure. Oh, okay. Yeah, I like that. Like the Adventures all. of Mahoney and <laughs> <laughs> Mahoney's Treasure. Oh yeah, sure? that's good. Mahoney's Treasure. Yep, Ooh, okay. that's it. That's the mm. title. Mahoney's Treasure. There it is. Um, yeah, no, that was that was good. That's Thanks, really man. Good, yeah, I, I very much enjoyed that. Thank you. Yeah. Um, nice. Yeah. What about you, Al? What about me? <laughs> you got one? Any car door um, hand stories? Any man door hand hook cardos? <laughs> um, let me. I can try, kind of try and freestyle something. Okay. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah, you. Uh. Okay. So, the, the the key to the start of every campfire story 
um, is uh, four friends just like us. Oh no! <laughs> that means it's us. Run! We're 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 out camping, and uh, they were seated around a campfire just like the one we're seated around <laughs> right in now this in this truck, <laughs> just at an actual camp and not inside of a truck. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, they. Uh, they, they 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 go around and uh, you know they're 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 roasting marshmallows. They're having a good time. Um, and one of them turns to the one left of them and is like, uh, uh, "What are you? What are what are you most afraid of? What would you say?" And this this is me trying to. This this is me just trying to do, do the classic campfire story. Mm-hmm. Um, are we answering you? N- n- no. Okay. Uh, he knows what, what, are you, what are you most afraid of? What are you? What are you afraid of? And uh, it's like, oh man, I uh, I used to live in this creaky old house, and uh, uh, I couldn't get a wink of sleep because you know I thought it was like haunted or whatever. And yeah, no. So just just kind of noises in the night is kind of kind of what I what I'm afraid of. Mm-hmm. It's like interesting, interesting. Uh, what about you? Um. Uh, me, I'm I'm afraid of commitment. Everyone gets a good laugh. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, <sighs> um. What about you? What are you afraid of? Said the third person, and uh, uh, third person says, uh, um, I'm afraid of uh. It's weird to be out camping. I'm just in general, like, kind of afraid of like wildlife and like uh, just how nature can kill you mm-hmm. in general. Um, so uh, the the person who started the con- conversation is like, interesting, interesting. Um, uh, what? Uh, and then they turn to the person who started it, and it's like, what? Are, what are you most afraid of? And uh, it's quiet, and he's like, uh, uh, the fact that this is like the 19th time we've had this conversation. Nice. Mm, that's good. Ooh. I like that. Ooh. That, in, that inspired me. Can I, can I do a, can I riff on that? Yeah, go for it. Yeah. Okay. So there were these four friends that were, um, that were sitting around a campfire, and they're all, drinking their coffees, trying to stay warm, and uh, they, uh, one, one of them kind of speaks up and says, hey guys, uh, let's, let's, you know, do, let's do, let's do something spooky, campfire, yeah. Um, everyone tell me your worst fears. Uh, turns to the, uh, turns to the first guy, uh, Demarcus, and he says, uh, what, what's your worst fear? And Demarcus says, I'm afraid of the dark. Afraid of the dark. Yeah. Well, glad we've got the campfire. Yeah. Uh, then he turns to the second guy, Sean, and he says, Sean, what's your uh, what's your worst fear? And Sean says, uh, Yeah, when it's camping, yeah, I mean, if the laws of nature try to kill you, then you've got to be prepared for it. So, yeah, yeah any kind of crazy nature. Good thing you've got that knife on you. Yep. you know? And uh, he turns to the third guy, Alan, and uh, he says, what, what are you afraid of, Alan? Just my mortality in general. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, I can I can appreciate that. Um, just, uh, just... The, the idea that eventually this is over and yeah. that's it. Yeah, 
I, I very much appreciate that. Um, and then the fourth guy pauses for a second. Um, and he says, uh, you guys, you guys know what I'm afraid of? What? What? And, uh, he takes a, a small, uh, red box that he had sitting next to him, a little small cardboard box, looked like a product, and he puts it, puts it into his coat, and he says, uh, dying alone. Ah, nice. Shit. That's good. Shit. Apologies to this crazy techno music that just popped up. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, yo, you you guys want to, that actually kind of was cool. Like, you guys want to kind of like improv like a piece of every, you know, like a a one and then we, we, we tag and then. Okay. Tag. Tag DeMarcus. (laughs) All right. And then that fourth guy kills everyone. <laughs> the end I of mean, the that, that was the implication. <laughs> Good tag. Good tag. It was a box, that was a box of poison. box of poison. Okay. So, it could have uh, been a dead cat. It was a dark and stormy night. Darkness, lonely night. Yes. Dark yeah. and stor- stormy night. And uh, Was it also lonely? Yes. Lonely and stormy and dark and and hard, and hard. We were in a a very abandoned building. We just uh, we decided that you know uh, we've heard rumors about the place, and um, we decided to to check it out. And, and we we bet each other we couldn't stay a whole night. Tech Sean, pick it up. Oh, sorry, I wasn't paying attention. I heard someone screaming out there, and I took my thing Breath away. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. It was a very, oh, hell, oh! I was like, okay, what's happening? <laughs> Repeat the last couple lines, I'm sorry. Uh, so we're all in an abandoned house, mm-hmm. uh, and we we kind of dared each other to stay the night. We, we dared that we couldn't stay a full night. Okay. So. Oh my God, that's Planet uh, Booty. <laughs> <laughs> we were just talking about them on the trip down here. But, uh, yeah, I mean, at first we try to take the edge off, you know, we bring our drinks and we bring our games and we just hang out, chill out, have a good time. Eventually, maybe three, four in the morning hits, and all of a sudden you hear just a rapid knock from upstairs, just a rapid knock. What's going on? One of us has to go up there and check it out, so... How do we draw straws with this? How do we choose who gets to go up there and check it out? So, we all play rock, paper, scissors. And uh, because Alan's usually in charge, Alan wins this. Because I know it's not coffee and pie, but Alan wins. So, Alan has to go check out what that rapid knocking noise is upstairs. We played Super Smash Brothers Ultimate to decide who has to go check on it. And Alan (laughs) Alan won. Alan won. He got first place this week, so. And tagging? I'll tag out, yeah. Tagging Alan. Um, so, DeMarcus is sent to go check on it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm about to die? Fuck. Why DeMarcus? <laughs> because I'm a fan of horror movie tropes. Okay. <laughs> that is a good way to explain that. Uh, DeMarcus is sent to go check on it. Um, 
And Planet Booty was playing. <laughs> <laughs> Those weird knocks. Should everybody want to get naked? Are you tagging? No. Okay. <laughs> uh, Just listening to Planet Booty. <laughs> Got distracted by, by the naked song. Um, so... The three, the three of us are just sitting around waiting for him to come back. And uh, is it necessary to tag? Because I can kind of wrap this story up. Go for it. Oh, I want to. Oh, we'll find oh, Okay. No. Um. So it's been a half hour. We're getting worried. Um. So we, we're, we're all just sitting there worried, just waiting for him. Half hour passes, another half hour passes, uh, and finally, uh, DeMarcus comes back. And he's just like, hey. I'm like, what was it? What happened? He's like, ah, nothing. And he just sits down back with us, like nothing. You know, like, he hasn't been gone for an hour. There's my tag. Uh, and so we all think it's it's very, very strange that DeMarcus has sort of lost time. Um, and so uh, Sean asks, you know, do you know how long you were gone? And DeMarcus says, I mean, I just I just left. I just went to go check out that noise. There wasn't anything there. And I came right back. And Alan says, but you were, you were gone for like an hour. And Demarcus laughs. <laughs> He's like, no, that's, that's not, that can't be right. Uh, you know, I, as I said, I just, I went to go check it out. I just left. Stop messing with me. That's not funny. And then while they're having this conversation, there's a sharper knock from upstairs. And uh, DeMarcus, like, everyone reacts to this except DeMarcus. And uh, Sean and Brad and Alan kind of look at each other. And uh, Brad finally says, or I guess I say, I say. (laughs) Um, All right, don't worry about it. I'm going to go. I'm going to check this out. This isn't... Whatever. I'll be right back. Okay. Can I do a quick tag? Sure. Quick tag. He says he's going to check it. DeMarcus finally speaks up again and says, Oh, you should all check it. <laughs> you should all check it. There's my quick tag. Oh, oh okay. Um, and uh, we all kind of give DeMarcus the side eye. And... I, I look at Sean and Alan and I kind of shrug and uh, so uh, Sean and Alan decide to come with me as I go check out the noise but DeMarcus stays put and he says no, it's, oh, we'll just stay here, it's fine and uh, tag Sean
All right, so uh, we go upstairs to see what's going on. You know, slowly, slowly, making sure we're ever so cautious. But we do keep on hearing every once in a while this sharp knock coming from upstairs. That's rapidly going faster. And we're all stunned. We're just like, okay, why is it so loud? Why is it getting faster? Why is it happening more often? And eventually, we get to the door that's behind and we try to open it, but it's locked. So... Tag. Take, take a break of me. They struggle with the door for a while. And again, the, the knocks keep getting sharper and sharper and louder and louder. Alan's like, why won't this door open? How, you know, why, why, why can't we get through it? Obviously, DeMarcus went through it. They hear a little faint, hello? And they pause for a sec. Uh, Alan shits his pants. <laughs> <laughs> um, Brad, um, so, uh, yep. Finally, uh, the door swings open. Uh, the three of us have like given up trying to open the door. We, we, uh, turn the face away from it to start to talk, and the door just swings open behind us. Uh, we turn around. Um, uh, we kind of peek into the room, and there's Demarcus laying on the floor, and that's the last thing that any of us remember. And then I pull out my revolver from my pocket and I shoot no. myself in the temple. <laughs> and I pull out my gun. <laughs> well, this is this has been about an hour. Cool. So, yeah, this was this was fun. This is cool. A nice little. Yeah. Next time we try this, we should find a space with more space and not with a fire raging inside my truck. Yeah. yeah. And less techno. <laughs> yes, please, less planet. We love you, Planet Booty, but we're trying to tell scary stories here. Um, but yeah. This is fun. 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 This is Brothers having sex. Good evening, intrepid listeners. This is the Pasta Shade, the host of Midnight Marinera, and this podcast is part of CreativeHorror.com, a network of podcasts and creators working together to build a constructive community of horror fans. For more content like this, visit us at CreativeHorror.com. <laughs>